and welcome to the escape podcast my name is nick Always and i'm adam and my beautiful co-host adam adam did you put out the fancy towels yeah i sure did did, did you vacuum no i didn't vacuum the vacuum cleaner doesn't work today uh, okay uh what do we do we put out the fancy china we put out the fancy china i apologize for the condition of the floor though <laughs> okay all right because why do i say that we have guests so welcome. excited welcome guys we have the creative team from knights of the chihuahua night uh, we have nate and dave with us thanks for joining us guys hey guys yeah thanks for having us yeah so uh so this all came about over instagram uh i think was it nate that you reached out and was just like hey what's it take to get a you know a comic or a comic review and i was like yes let's do that right <laughs> <laughs> We'll do that. Of course, we'll do that. So, uh, you reached out, and we it kind of went from there. And uh, ever since then, obviously, we we've been following each other. So, you sent us the first issue, you guys. Recently, uh, was it just a couple weeks ago? Released issue two of Knights of the Chihuahua. Yes. All right. So, and then also, uh, and in that meantime, you guys have also been hitting the Comic Con uh, circuit. How's that going? I don't, David, do you want to? Yeah, it? yeah, it's been going great. I mean, we've actually gotten a lot of really good exposure, and uh, starting off a, a few smaller ones, and we're working our way up to Phoenix Fan Fusion at Memorial Day weekend, which we're really looking forward to. It's a very well attended con. Uh, born and raised in Phoenix, and so growing up, going to it, and you know, it'll be kind of cool having a table there instead of being the one, you know, spending all my money at these tables. I'll still do that too. I'm still going to walk around and, uh, well, you know, spend lots of money. So <laughs> hopefully others will do it for us. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, like, trust me, I understand because our, uh, we're in, uh, Metro Detroit. So we have our big comic con coming up in May and I already know it's going to be a very expensive, very expensive comic con. So, <laughs> Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is try and go down, you know, Indie Alley and go check out, uh, you know, you know what the independent guys are doing. So, um, one of the things that I'm I'm completely fascinated by what you guys are doing. So basically, you're taking a comic book with, I'm going to say, next to no help, and just trying to put out a comic book. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not 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 to bash you guys, but but very very little support. And you know, Nate, uh, you and I were talking because we're kind of trying to do the same thing, just on different uh, mediums. We're trying to get uh, YouTube going, and you guys are trying to get a comic going. And I think we grew up in a time where, like, our parents, like I grew up, my parents were in the trades, and they just kind of had this thing where you just got to put your your shingle out there and. You know the work kind of comes and you realize that's not how things work uh when it comes to social media and comic books anymore not at all so, yeah i was wondering um so where was the first um we spoke a little bit earlier what was the first uh inclination that you knew that you were going to go on this journey to to get night of the chihuahuas like out there and i love the title by the way and i'll ask you more about that in a little bit Thank you. Yeah, I think so. It, it, Nathan and I met each other. We were actually uh, working as independent filmmakers. Uh, and so we met and collaborated on a few projects. Uh, what we realized was that with filmmaking, it's, you know, you've got a vision, you've got 
a story that you want to tell and you're very limited by uh, production funds and access to a lot of things. And uh, we both have visions that we wanted to fulfill and we both happen to be comic book fans. And it was like, well, what about this idea now that Chihuahuas? God, we should totally just do that as a comic book because... You know, with an artist, we get a talented artist to join us and help us out. And the sky's the limit as far as imagination goes. You know, the artist is not going to be calling me up saying, hey, sag after is telling us that, you know, we can't have anybody on set after 10 p.m. Or, you know, the uh, Chihuahua Wranglers didn't show up and we no longer have access to an army of bloodthirsty Chihuahuas. We're now dealing with three untrained, very docile and friendly Chihuahuas. Um, so it's, the, the, the you know, you was to attack the PA, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so it's just, I mean, with a comic book and I've all, you know, just my, I've got boxes and boxes in my garage of like as a child growing up and always being a fan of them. And since I can't draw, it never seemed like something I could do. And it wasn't until uh, starting to network with and finding other collaborators through film production and then starting to find more artists. And it was like, it just kind of like a light bulb clicked. And I was like, oh my God, I could totally, we've got, people that we know that can draw and that are very good at drawing and we can do this and once we started looking into it and started putting everything together it just kind of you know it's it took off it really did that's awesome uh speaking of which uh nerd cred time so you talked a, a little bit on it so uh what was the and this question's for both of you guys so what is the comic book that really hooked you guys and said this is that i i love this or what, what character, maybe? Nathan, I'm going to let you answer this first. Oh, here we, oh he's, he's going into the pile. Yes! Oh, boy, <laughs> yes. Yes, that's a great one. Nice. That was, that was in the 90s. I mean, I, I, uh, I get to just show real quick. This was my first comic. If you guys remember Atari. Oh, Atari yeah. Forest Ashcan. Nice. Um, wow. But... Uh, in the 90s, I collected uh, a group of friends, and we would just kind of nerd out, hang out, read comics. Um, and at one point, we're like, oh, we can make some money off these. So um, we there was a few that I kept, didn't touch, Spawn 1, Spawn 9. Um, but that was, yeah, Pitt was my guy. I was uh, in the military, and in boot camp, I drew uh, an image from Pitt 5 on our company banner. Um, it was pretty cool. So um yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, I guess my thing. I David, I'm sorry I, I didn't get to give you a heads up, but I I pulled some comics before I sat down. Yeah, no problem. Coming in from work. I've got mine. Um, my so growing up, I was a huge just you know st standard comic books. I mean, I loved Spider Man, Batman, but the one that really and and I've always been a fan of horror, and so Ghost Rider was the one that for me when that came out that like hooked me. Like I was buying every single issue and just like getting into the lore and starting to track down back issues from before I was born and all these other things. Like that was the one that really grabbed me uh, outside of just casual fandom. And then in like the early mid 90s, I started getting more into independent presses. And so like London Night Studios was a big one. They had a, a super heroine called uh, Razor that I was really into. Uh, and then I discovered James O'Barr and the Crow uh, right as the movie was coming out. And that was that like, seeing how these stories could no longer be just you know geared for like a mainstream audience of like everybody at a comic shop but like the back corner where it was like you know the black and white comic books and the you know freshly stapled and pressed and you know stories that not everybody was going to get into but uh i started really gravitating more towards that oh that's fantastic yeah <laughs> absolutely 
Yeah, because I, I think uh, Nate and I are kind of the same boat. So I started collecting in 92 right when Image started. So I just dove right into Image stuff and pretty much never left. <laughs> so. Yeah. For me, it was um, kind of like born with a comic in, in your hand sort of a deal. I was the youngest of uh, four. And like when I say the youngest, like then you talk about an oops, baby. It was like, oh, oops. Oh, my God, baby. Because <laughs> I, my, <laughs> oh, oldest, no. my oldest brother is uh, 13 years older than I am. And then the, the, the youngest before me is 10 years older than I am. So, you know, uh, there's like a 10 to 13 year gap. So my older brothers were both into comic books and I would get uh, uh, Spider-Ham comics from them and things like that and tear <laughs> them apart and all this kind of stuff. But as uh, Nick had mentioned earlier, when you're you're dealing kind of like with the teenage angst and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I got into heavy metal. That was my thing. I was nice. a big heavy, heavy metal kid. I loved Megadeth and Metallica and white zombie. And then, um, comic books were kind of this thing that nobody else was really into. And, but I knew more about them just by listening to my brother's talk. So then I started reading them. I started reading, uh, X-Men and then it was Batman. I've always loved Batman. But when I got to read the comic book version of Batman, it was like, this isn't the guy I'm reading, I'm watching in the movies at all. This isn't the Michael Keaton stuff at all. It's certainly not the Adam <laughs> West stuff. And I've never left. I mean, a little bit here and there, you know, I thought it was too, tried to be too cool or, you know, the, let's face it, when you're in your uh, late teens, early 20s, you're, you're like, looking at the ladies you're like comic books those funny books yeah, not, not me, but, but eventually I, I don't read comic books now ladies yeah right yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah but that's that's my story with comic books and uh very grateful for their invention should i say absolutely uh what do you guys read now do you guys still read or still collect yeah so for me there is um i am really into a book called something is killing the children uh that is trigger warning it's got a lot of violence against children but done in a fantastical horror way not like you know a be like real life abuse and stuff like that but it's um it is you know i mean it's it's definitely not gonna be for everybody but i absolutely love it i think it's an amazing horror comic book uh it's very it, it deals with like some uh mystical imagery and some really cool uh very gritty storyline that like it, another reason i love comic books is because you can tell any story you want to and it's not always going to be like what everybody else is going to want to uh particularly read but this one i think is uh it's for boom comics i believe and so it's uh pretty you know it, it it's not like a, a small run press or anything but uh it's definitely not for everybody but i think it's really cool nice very hey. nice i'm not a I don't read as much as I used to. I think um, Agents of Atlas, there was a small run for them that I enjoyed reading. Um, this is the one I got most recently. Um, kind of into like finding rarities. There's only 788 copies of this. Oh, and nice. then um, found this Black Panther. at a, This is a made especially for a shop in uh, Oakland. And it's by uh, Jamal Campbell, if you guys know Jamal Campbell. Um, and I, I I have more fun kind of collecting for the the imagery, um, like for Night of the Chihuahuas, I love the story and trying to make fun covers um, 
that pop that make you want to pick it up. But, you know, um, I know some people, you know, are just about, you know, this artist or, you know, limited edition or whatever. And it's like, we're hopefully we're trying to bring both of those things. Um, cause David, David is, he interacts with people at the booth and when, when he talks and they hear what he's saying, it, it's almost like an instant, like look of joy on their face. Like really? <laughs> <laughs> so that we, you know, we're, um, I don't want to veer too much from your question, but it, it just, uh, no, that, that's fine. We, we, we can get into it. Um, well, no, it's just, a, it's just a balance, you know, like, oh, sure. you, yeah, David reading something is killing the children. I've seen that. It looks terrifying to me. Um, <laughs> David is, David is more in, in line with that. I'm, I'm enjoying the campy part of Night of the Chihuahuas. Um, yeah. But, well, that's, yeah, that's like yeah there's I'll... no uh, there's no trigger warnings necessary for Night of the Chihuahuas unless you've been attacked by a Chihuahua as a kid, in which point, this <laughs> right? Might be yeah, a little trauma mature. warning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like one of one of my favorite books that I'm re- reading right now is from uh, was it Joe Hill's line? Uh, I think it's like uh, Heads in Refrigerator. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's just weird, weird off the wall stuff. Where yeah, it's just uh, there's actually one issue where this severed head is trying to get back to its body and it's just like (laughs) almost like a disney movie where you know trying to get back home so uh, trust me i i understand but uh yeah let's get into it a little bit so i'll I'll say this one of the things i love about your guys's book is um just you know the state of uh i'll say popular comic books uh there's no uh, message there's no platform there's no uh preaching or it's just trying to tell a fun story and it was just such a oh that's refreshing i just want to <laughs> sit and i just want to sit down and read a comic book and have fun because that's what that's what comic books are supposed to be right and uh you know we were talking a little bit earlier about why we call the show the escape and because we believe escape escapism is important and it's, it sounds weird to say, but we believe comic books are important because, you know, when you're a, a nerdy kid who doesn't have the best childhood, sometimes that's all you got growing up. Either that or, you know, a, a, a show like Star Trek to go to a different galaxy or Star Wars where you can just go somewhere else. You know, these things, we believe these things are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100 yeah. percent agree. And this is very much an homage to like, you know, as a kid growing up, it was like all these monster movies that I loved. And, you know, it's for an hour and a half watching a, a, one of these movies, you know, you were in that world. You were in uh, you were taken away from, you know, all the problems that you have and all the things that you should be concerned about. But it's like, give me if I mean, especially in today's day and age, if you can give me like 10, 15 minutes of escapism of I'm just going to enjoy this and, you know, for our comic book. It's like, you know, this wacky mayhem of what happens if a bunch of chihuahuas are tearing people apart. And, you know, it's funny. It's it's done in a fun way. And, you know, we definitely we approached it from that point of view of, you know, we wanted to have fun with it. It's a very campy, uh, hopefully without being too in on its own joke. But, you know, uh starting with issue three and stuff like that, we really get into some more utilizing the full, instead of just at this point, we've already seen Chihuahuas, what happens when they get a hold of people, we're going to start having more fun with, you know, 
instead of just, you know, limbs being lost and people uh, not thinking that they're going to, you know, this thing can't possibly take care of me. Oh, no, it did. Uh, we're really going to get into some creative kills and stuff. And so hopefully uh, readers will, if you like the first two issues, I think you're going to really love the next ones. Well, that's the one thing that you said uh, without getting too much into its own joke. Um, you've got the uh, one main character who's terrified of chihuahuas, which we don't know why yet. And everybody, you know, everybody's giving them a hard time about it. But then all of a sudden, when they see the violent and rabid chihuahuas, everybody is 10 times, you know, more afraid of those than he, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, I guess, the, I guess, like, where I'm going with this question is the book's called Night of the Chihuahuas. Obviously, you're big. We're all big horror fans here. And, um, is there like some, is there a connection with like night of the living dead that's near and dear to your heart? Because there's a couple beats in there where, you know, they're, he's out of gas, you know, that's out of gas. Yeah. We, and, we, we um, do, we do have some, uh, classic Hollywood, Hollywood horror tropes. Yeah. We got that out of gas. We have the, uh, I'm going to say premarital sex having teenagers uh you know who clearly <laughs> who clearly have it coming you know yeah yeah so, so is there anything like yeah like near and dear to your heart about that story or was it just like you know i got this idea for uh you know rabid chihuahuas and i think it would fit good into side into the, if we worked with this framework you know well i mean night of living dead is one of my top five films of all time um Agreed. when i was teaching I was teaching film classes and I used that as my, when I was teaching about the sixties, I always added, and it was funny cause like the kids would learn from, you know, like we'd go from like, uh, Citizen Kane and on the waterfront and not a living dead. And, but I really, cause I mean, it's a, it's a great movie that does, it, it does offer a lot of lessons that can be learned from it, you know, and it, I, I used it instructionally, not just because I'm a big horror geek, but, um, you know, it's one of my all time favorite movies. The thing I love about that movie the most is that it's, a movie where these people really shouldn't have been in as much danger as they were. If you think about it, you know, like George Romero zombies. And that's the point of the original dead trilogy is that these things are not one-on-one. -on -one, they're not a problem. You know, if, if five people are against five zombies, it really shouldn't be that much of a problem. It's because you cannot work together to overcome this obstacle and your own personal infighting, your own um, inner interpersonal conflicts are going to prevent you from emerging victorious in this. And I loved I always love that idea. And so, yes, it's very much Night of the Living Dead, where a group of survivors, they're trapped in a house, which, spoiler alert, in this comic book, eventually they will be trapped in a house. Um, and then the roles that they're all supposed to play will slowly start devolving because of the fact that, you know, there's a threat outside the house that they cannot work together to overcome. That's, that's, that's a, a great, great take. Yeah, that's a great, great. point because I think there's a fine line because, like, I'm a big sci-fi guy, but it's one of those things where you have the science, the good science fiction that you hold on to so tight because there's so much bad out there. And <laughs> kind of the same with horror where like there's, you know, there's a balance, there's a fine art to, you know, Oh, you know, to laying out all the personalities. And then you, and then you, and then you see a, a piece of work that is uh, not living in. And then you see another movie, you're like, well, this is terrible. This is, you know, you clearly just have a bunch of morons just being morons. Yes, you deserve yeah. to die. Please, please kill them, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so we wanted to, you know, I didn't want to rip off Night of the Living Dead, but obviously the title of the comic is, you know, an homage in and of itself, and then we just kind of went from there. But, I mean, that you know, the title was also done very much with the point of you want to sell the audience. Hey, when, when people walk by our booths at the Comic-Cons, they're like, oh, what do you guys got? It's called Night of the Chihuahuas. It's about killer chihuahuas. Bam. It's like, we know right there. Is this your thing or not? Because some people will laugh and walk away. Some people are like, okay, I need to hear more. <laughs> right. Right, right. Like, and when yeah, Nick, that was funny because when Nick told me about it, I was like, well, I'm, I'm listening. Well, I was saying, I, I, either you get it or you don't. You know, either you're Very like, much so. you're, you're either you get the joke instantly or you're like, said, eh, no, not for me. And but, but that's one of those things that you need to have. You need to have that you're hooked or you're not. You know, and yep. I think that's one of the great, uh, just from the title alone, I was just like, I, I love, I love that whole title. And, I, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I was so happy. I was like, I just love what you guys are doing. I'm so excited. Thank and you I, very I, much. I hope, and I really hope everything works out for you guys. But uh, like I said, I got just a, a ton of questions for you. Uh, Adam, do you have a quick question? Go ahead. Roll on. I just asked. Okay, so, um, so in the homage, so is the style of going black and white is that an homage style or is that also a uh a budget type of issue or was it be like to go uh print uh print in black and white for the comic um well you know night of the living dead it george romero shot on black and white because it was way cheaper than color you know color, color <laughs> film was readily available but and and if the same reason the same be like yep okay got it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, definitely not a, when I set about writing this, it wasn't intentionally like, you know, we're going to shoot, we're going to make it in black and white to capture that. It was very much a, a cost it, issue at that it, point. It, it was like, hey. It cost, it cost this for this for this for this, but this, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I did, I mean, a lot of my favorite comic books are also black and white. And, you know, I always think back to The Crow and, um, yep. you know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember in like the early mid nineties, but they did a run of night of living dead comic books where uh, it was black and white art. And it was done by an artist named uh, Carlos Castro, I believe, but amazing artwork. And it was all black, but it was done in like this very macabre, fantastical style. And um, that definitely was in the back of my head as we were kind of mapping this out as well. Yeah. We, we started off with an artist named RC Torres Um Initially, we we work with uh, an investor named Ryan and RC. Um, and RC, uh, you'll see his his style in the first and second issue. Um, and then he, uh, you know, he did everything in grayscale. Um, and yeah, it was a cost consideration. And we're um, shifting into working with uh, Albert Morales, which his artwork appears on the cover of issue two i think you guys got and um at the end and uh once again with his uh with his uh style um which is awesome um it, it does come down to like you know what can we make happen i guess what, what can we afford <laughs> so you you get the idea and uh his presentation is great um, so, I mean, if we were to add a colorist and all those things, it would be cool, but it's just, I don't, it's not necessary. I don't think you, you, you get the value from what you see. And, um, I mean, yeah, we're, the goal is to make a comic book and we could try to put bells and whistles on it. 
Um, but I think the story carries itself in, in black and white just fine. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It, it, it wasn't, a, uh, it was just that as soon as I opened it up, I'm like, oh, black and white. Oh, immediately Night of the Living <laughs> Dead. You know, oh, this is, yeah, this is a horror book. So it was just like. That's awesome. Adam? It fits, yeah, no, the black and white, I, I, I fits in well, and I totally understand uh, why you, why do you, why utilizing it at this stage in the game? Do you think you'd ever, you know, do a special edition, colorize it, or anything like that? I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, if this thing takes off and we're able to do something like that, um, I would love to. I also would really love to do a sequel, and so it's that you know it's like hopefully we we're, we get enough where we can do both. Um, going back and colorizing it, I think would be really cool. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I never realized that her eyes were blue or anything like that. But I think just <laughs> some, of the some of the mayhem of the, you know, once people get ripped apart and all these other things, I think that could be really fun. To, that's that's where it would be fun to get into the full color spectrum of all the viscera and organs and blood and all that. I think yeah, well, you got a couple of guys that show up in the comics and they, in the comic and they, uh, they're kind of like, they're kind of mouthy, not taking anything seriously. And they immediately get like eaten. And, and, and Nick and I were talking <laughs> about uh, these two guys. Were, are those guys based off of like people you might've known at one time? <laughs> taking his head, yes. People hey, might've known it, at one point. It was actually kind of a, a position of honor. Um, Ryan is the one with stars. Uh, Ryan really has tattoos of stars on his arm. I think it's his left arm. And the other one was uh, a friend, uh, Ken. And um, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, th those are those people. Um, yes, they were based on real people. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You, you can tell. You can be like, be like, those are people they know. And either they really <laughs> like them or they really don't like them. So, And, and, and I do want to backtrack a second. Um, we are planning on doing a Kickstarter and we will have a black, white and blood edition of uh, the oh, issues. So I, um, I, I was going to say if, if you did like a, so I always think of uh, Frank Miller when uh, I was watching one of the behind the scenes for when they did uh, Sin City. And he's like, you only, they only use color in certain places. And you want to say you almost use color like a weapon, you know? So mm -hmm. I, if, yeah, yeah, if you use just the, uh, black white and red yeah that'd be awesome so. yeah we, we we hope to do that and i think in uh uh labor wise to to put it is it's it's possible and that's our plan um for the kickstarters to have these special kickstarter edition only black white and blood or black white and red editions so how's the reception I, of the comic book going right now well, nobody's asked for their money back, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> it, it seems to be, you know, we definitely, we found an audience. Uh, we're very grateful for everybody's support that we have received. Um, up to this point, we really have not been dipping into any advertising. You know, we really haven't, with the exception of like a few small, like, uh, for instance, we did like a promoted post on Instagram, but it was targeted to the Phoenix area and in in advance of an event that we were going to um but we've everything's been word of mouth and just kind of you know reaching into our own social networks and like you know i send something out on my twitter account or on instagram or something um but we so everything that we've sold up to this point has been either people know us heard about it or they found it at a comic book store 
but you know without seeing like a web ad or uh anything crazy like that that's brilliant yeah uh yeah. that's one of the things i was wondering about so i did i've seen some of the posts uh about uh guys picking up your comics in comic book stores what's the process like that to try and get your uh book into a store i know i know certain stores i i go to they have an independent uh rack or whatever but just uh, getting your own book and trying to do the sales process to a, a comic book store owner what's that like it it, it um from my experience, it, it seems that the independent portion of the store is geared toward local artists mostly. Um, the, the trade or cutoff or whatever, you know, the stores offer um, is pretty significant because they feel that they're taking a risk on you. Um, so we initially, uh, I started going to stores here in the Phoenix Valley and I believe we got into four or five stores um, and then we thought to kind of readjust our strategy because we're not making as much money. Um, if you're Marvel and you go to every comic book store across the nation and you make pennies on the dollar, well, you're making a ton of money. We're not doing that. Um, and I learned the hard way because I tried to negotiate with some people and they just shut the door on me. <laughs> And it sucked. And I felt, and I was even like, Hey, let me, let me, you know, like I'm trying to learn, like help me, you know, what can I do to make this work? And I was just like, what, what did I say? <laughs> no, it was bad. And then um, I went, I'm from the Northern California and I went up there recently and I went out and I just started visiting comic shops and everybody was super cool. And then they started referring me to other shops and people to other shops and before we know it, we were in a five different shops up there, and um, actually have a check sitting right here um, from from Northern California. Our first payment, uh, Ooh, um, awesome. So, uh, on a consignment basis, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, it it uh, we talked to one owner, and he was he's really big on us getting into previews magazine and selling at a lower price point and then getting around the nation but uh i'm pretty much the one that's gonna have to go region by region and make calls and talk to people <laughs> it's it's a great idea <laughs> and it'll take a lot of work and uh in the meantime everyone we're gonna be at phoenix fan fusion so come by <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's kind of a process of like learning to straddle both i think um and it it all this thing marketing everything is has been a learning process so um, yeah 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 for sure i always remember uh, growing up and it was like you know you'd look through the um there was these big old uh, basically like phone book looking catalogs that you could get from the comic book store that showed all the issues that were coming out and it was like yeah. oh man that looks cool how do we we just need to get in there and it was like oh that's pretty damn difficult to get in there okay <laughs> <laughs> is that, i think that is previews the yep yeah yeah so yeah, I've, um, got, I've got one on the my table out in the living room. <laughs> we were we were told after we get issue three done that it's possible for us to get into previews, and it's, I mean, I thought it was going to be David writes a story, you know, Albert makes a picture, we put it in a book, and they give us money, and that's the end. And there's so many things that we're learning along the way, like, you know, yeah, what we kind of like to a. Do. 
kind of going back to what we had talked about earlier where i was like you know like because i know uh i'm dealing with the same thing from family as well where people are like oh well what you you just make the book and put it out there and then people buy it right and you're like <laughs> it's actually a very saturated marketplace with you know lots of people hustling their wares and their um their abilities and you know trying to stand out and trying to find a niche and trying to just our experience has been if we get in front of somebody they typically t if this is their thing they do enjoy it you know we don't have people that are like hey i love horror comedies but your book sucked it's people that like <laughs> horror comedies love this comic book it's just finding them it's just getting in front of them and you know um there's algorithms to all the social media so even if you do oh, make a yeah. post i'm like hey i've got over a thousand followers on social media and i made this post and three people liked it and then when i click on the thing and it says that only 100 people even saw it uh <laughs> right. it just it just feels like an uphill battle sometimes and i'm like how do I, you know <sighs> researching oh, and yeah. trying to make that work without spending the money of you know let's pay to get it out there or let's pay a marketer to do this for us yeah it's like one big thing i've been trying to build on is that uh, chihuahuas are a really big deal in japan and i've found pages where, <laughs> where, where one chihuahua will have like twenty-five thousand followers and all they do is put a little outfit on their chihuahua every day and take a picture and it's a thing I also found out today doing research that Japan holds 43% of the comic book market in the world by itself. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. So uh, guess, guess where we're going to start marketing. Right. <laughs> it's, but well, it's, yeah. it's a whole different language. It's, you know, but it, but it, it is a thing. I think David and I have talked about is trying to, um, to reach out in different ways because like we have a comic, a cover that we're working on right now. I, I, I'll spill the beans. It's Chizilla. It's a Godzilla Chihuahua. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I should show it. I, don't, I just have a, a picture on my phone, but um, Albert's been we'll, working on it. It's awesome. And we'll, um, we'll just point people to the your social media later. They can check it out. Yeah. Well, there we go. Who who couldn't love Chizilla? I mean, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I I haven't even seen it yet, but I, I it seems amazing. I'm excited yeah. already. Well, if they like Jawawas, then they will yeah. like. <laughs> I said that that sounds like something that should go on a shirt. That uh, for sure. We, yes. we will do that. In fact, if I make oh, one, I should have worn my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, I see you in the chat. Thanks for showing up. Um, How you doing, Danny? What well, one of the things uh, you kind of touched on a little bit? What are some of the unforeseen? Uh, things that you didn't even consider when trying to make your own comic book. Uh, the because, like I said, you're like, well, I'm, well, we just write it and we put pictures to it, and magic happens. Right? <laughs> just, you know, um, what, what were some of the, you know, some of the pitfalls maybe that you're like, wow, I, that did not even occur to me that that needed to be done to get a comic book out. Jeez, I mean, a lot of the printing and stuff like that is like one of the things that and I know Nate could probably speak to this a little bit more than me. But, you know, when you 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 spend more money, the less you print, but you 
so you spend less per issue the more you print, but there's a lot more risk because then you're like, oh, okay, well, I've got 2,000 comic books that nobody wants. Um, <laughs> granted, they only cost me a dollar to print. So instead, it's like, you know, you approach well, the initial. That's $2,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so instead, you know, you were approaching it with, with smaller print runs where it's like, okay, but now it's going to cost us more per issue to print. And so now that becomes a factor of, you know, sometimes that shows I'm the. I'm just the writer, and so I get to get all carried away. And I'm like, well, it's a comic book. Here you go. Have him, have him, have him. And I'm like, oh, crap. I just lost 40 bucks. I just yeah, gave just, away $40 just, worth just of Just gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's costs, um, schedule, like the how long a project takes. And this is something I address at the end of issue number two, but it's, you know, I think with if you do this for a living, if you're a comic book writer and author, uh, writer and artist, and, you know, this is, what you do for a living you're doing it you know i mean let's be honest you're doing it more than eight hours a day probably more than five days a week but you're going to be able to crank out a monthly issue when you're dealing with guys like us who are you know we have our day jobs we have families we have these things and we're trying to do this comic book it when our obligations all these other things fall apart or not fall apart uh hopefully not fall <laughs> apart but when all these other obligations are over with then we're able to work on this issue and it's like that draws out that process so much that unfortunately some team members have to move on to other opportunities, which is exactly what happened with our first artist, uh, RC Torres, where, you know, we loved his work. We had nothing um, bad happen. It's just, Hey man, I've, it's, we've been working on this for a few months. I got an opportunity for something that's going to take up even more of my time. I can no longer work on this on the side kind of thing. And that's, having been a part of independent film productions and having friends who are musicians and having, you know, people who do art that it's just kind of comes with the territory of, you know, when you're doing it as a side gig or as a hustle that you're trying to get into a full-time thing when it's until it's a full-time thing, it's going to take a lot longer than you think. And, you know, the grind is going to be a lot more intensive than you probably realized or hoped. So, yeah, that's how does echo David is the, the amount of time that I put into it, um, marketing, uh, trying to do sales. Um, my, my wife is a graphic designer and she helps. And even to watch her lay out the comic and do things to get us looking presentable, it's just a lot. Um, learning about like taxes and, you know, David and I, like you said, coming from film, We've, we've really tried to take care of our paperwork of like ownership and things like that, but there's been hiccups with that. Um, and then just trying to contact people. We, we ran into, in the Bay Area, I came across a, uh, a store owner named uh, Leia. I'm going to say it right because she corrected me. She's awesome. She's like super networker. But she asked, she said, do you have any females working on your comic book? And I said, no. And I, I, she said, well, you should have told her your wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she meant like artists. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I said, I said, no. And I, like, that's a good point. Like, so I started looking at trying to contact female artists and, um, I reached out, talked to, or got in touch with someone like Peach Momoko, who just did ghostwriter, um, uh, demon days, uh, she has a ton of work out and she responded, which I thought was super cool because she's so busy and said, I'm under contract with Marvel. I can't, uh, but your project looks fun. Um, another artist named Tula Lote, uh, she responded and I asked her, I said, do you know anyone? Could you recommend anyone? And she responded with a list of, of female artists. 
try and reach out to. Um, but I mean, all this stuff just adds up and, um, yeah, I, the amount of time that goes into it is just, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you guys what I would, to... uh, what I would advise anybody who wants to get into this is like, I mean, the same thing I always tell when I was, a uh, when I was teaching, uh, film production and writing and stuff but i would always tell my students this i was like dude if you don't love this go be a communications major go be something else like don't don't get into this unless this unless you are passionate about this and you like you're willing to give your blood sweat and tears to make it happen because if you don't it's not it's not an easy it's not uh, an easy or casual enough thing where if you're not willing to do that it's still going to happen it's not unless you've already connected you know it's like yeah well my dad works in marvel and he could publish it well then why why are you listening to me i mean go make your work then but it's you know if you're trying to do it this way the independent way like it is going to be long nights and lots of sacrifices and lots of things and that's and your success is not guaranteed even after all of that so you know if you're doing it because you love it because it's something that you know you feel like you got a story that you sh that the world I think the world needs killer chihuahuas. I think the world, the with everything else going on in the world right now, I think we could really use some lighthearted escapist fun of, you know, mutant killer chihuahuas terrorizing a small town in Southern Arizona. So, uh, you know, we're out there, uh, you know, knocking on doors, shaking hands and just trying to get it out there. God. Yes. I well, agree. It, it's just like any other, you know, entrepreneur, you know, venture, you know, if you talk to any entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, you can't be half in. You know, it's it's you you got to be all in or all out. There's there's very little in between. And but like you said, uh, when you got family and all this stuff, trying to get something like that off the ground, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult. But uh, yeah, I, I completely I understand because like you said, we're we're trying to get through the YouTube thing and you know the you know YouTube and any other social media. It's like consistent you have to keep doing it. you have to keep you know like you said to get into algorithm you got to play the game there's certain you know points in the formula you have to hit and if you're not hitting them you're not getting in that algorithm so uh we we try and do at least one show a week and then um, sometimes we do two but that's at my wife's discretion where i have to, I have to <laughs> anything more i usually have to ask for permission because my wife's like you talk to him more than me. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to wow. do this thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, understand I that. My, I understand. keep my personal life and my business life uh, separate, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. I understand. It's the hey, um, yeah, it, it's it's tough to get to get anything, uh, especially when you're when you're going grassroots, man. Yeah, like you said, yeah. you got a kid who's like, oh hey, um, my dad works at Marvel. Be like, then why are, why are we talking? <laughs> why, yeah. why are we here? <laughs> and, and I'm doing you no help, but uh, I got my buddy Danny in the chat. He wants to know uh, can we order directly from David and Nathan? So if they do want to order a comic, do they go to Knights of the Chihuahua, correct? Chihuahuas. Knights of the Chihuahuas.com. Yep. Knights of yeah. Chihuahuas.com. So I had that on a banner. I'll put that back. So Adam, you got any. Uh, any There's you got the a banner. question? Um, yeah, actually, I was just about to go to nightofthechihuahuas.com. <laughs> it's a good-looking website. Just start ordering my stuff. Um, no, it's been it's it's absolutely been nothing but a pleasure and an honor to meet you guys. And um, is there any plans, you know, right now to, you know, 
go outside of Arizona with the, uh, you know, like another Comic-Con or anything like that? Like a roadshow tour? I we are we are in the initial planning stages trying to figure out how else we can make uh, different ones work. And so, you know, obviously when gas is five dollars a gallon, it's a little bit harder to drive to. Um, we were just out in California and it was funny because I was like, oh, I was talking about coming back out here and trying to bring some more to the L.A. area. And I might wait a little while. Um, but, you know, there are. Before. What's that? Grab some gas cans while you're in a cheaper state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about uh, trying to make something else happen. But for the right now, uh, the focus is on uh, just trying to see how we can draw more attention to our website and uh, build sales through that. But yeah, there are so many conventions. There's so many great events that happen all over the country. And if we could figure out a way to make that travel work to a different part, I think that could build our base a lot more because uh, like I said, I mean, people, people seem to enjoy it. People we're not, we're not out here hawking something that um, is that people feel ripped off about or, you know, don't want. So it'd be cool to get in front of some more people. Yeah. And, and you know, I think, think you said, so go, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think our, our, our main focus is going to be through the Southwest and into Northern California, uh, probably Las Vegas, maybe out to Austin, um, want to hit up El Paso. Um, and then in, going back East would be, I think quite a bit harder because the amount of money that we would make at a con might not offset the travel. So, um, but we'll see, you never know. I mean, no. um, you talk about algorithms. I mean, you, you keep doing something, opportunities will arise and who knows, I mean, maybe the escape podcast will blow up and fly us out to Detroit at some point. Or maybe yeah, I love Detroit. I've been out there a few hey, times, so it's underrated. But um, I agree. Hey, if you want to send us, you know, some copies, we can, you know, send them. You know, see if the, some of our stores will put them in. You know, we what's the worst that could happen? But we'll yeah. read them out loud on the show because that's <laughs> hey, going to be hey, that's that, going to be a new section. That's going to be a new segment here. We actually just read a comic last night out loud. It just kind of well, it, see yeah, how it would go. Because well. yeah, our, well, our show's the Escape Podcast. We're like, how can we work in? Because we're not escaping it up. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we we tried doing like the news, and uh, we were telling Nate earlier. It's like, man, our last episode was dark. I was like, well, we were just going through news. He's like, that news cycle sucked. I was like, yeah. I agree. So <laughs> so what's the way that skip we that news? Yeah, we <laughs> should skip the news. Well, we'll just do hit the highlights. But you know, one things that we were like, hey, what if we do this and just have fun we we took a, a batman 66 and a green hornet uh issue and we just reenacted it we had fun you know adam was kato so that's awesome. he was he was kato and uh and bruce wayne so and the adam west batman. yeah adam west bat so that's one. Oh, that must be awesome it was just we should I, we were like we should have recorded that that was fun so that's that's something <laughs> we're gonna try try and work into the show but yeah, just you know, oh, like you said, always trying to evolve, always trying to you know figure out what gets you in the algorithm because you get up, and that was one of the things like we're like we're nerds, we'll talk to other nerds. There's a bunch of nerds out there. Well, there's lots of other nerds who are on YouTube too that you know are trying to do the same thing, and we're like, well, yeah, just like you guys, how do you make, how do you set yourself apart? You know, that's always the tricky thing. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of weight. I mean, a lot of weight in what you just said that the world, you know, does need some killer chihuahuas right now. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's it's 
it's something that the whole world takes itself too seriously. Um, that's why I mentioned the other day, I said, that news, that, that got dark with that news there, you know, and I, I, my suggestion yeah. was, my suggestion was, if, uh, say, Doctor Strange is coming out on the third, let's just say Doctor Strange is coming out on the third, <laughs> and let's move on. We don't have to talk about it, just in case. <laughs> oh, God, really, so, right? Right, right. Bro. All right, so what do we got here? So, um, so our... Our main characters, um, I apologize. Uh, our main characters are Xavier. Neon right and so, Samantha. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. what what's the uh, inspiration from those characters? I know we said some of the characters were inspired by uh, some people. Are are any of our main characters? And uh, what's the inspiration for those guys? I have always been drawn to like strong female protagonists. Like James Cameron has always, you know, Ripley, uh, going from Ripley to Sarah Connor to uh, you know every everybody that he features. And so I, when I started plotting out the story, I always had in mind a female police officer uh, would be working with in tandem with the male, who uh, the male officer is going to be a little bit less competent, a la Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil Four and and onwards you know it's like he definitely you know is, is not i mean even though he's an action star he's not the uh most with it person all the time and so uh, i made him a little bit even more bumbling than that um he does you know he has an, a character arc over the course of the five issues so he's not going to remain as uh, incompetent as he is but also too he represents tucson which is the city of my birth so i had to give i i couldn't make him a complete fool um but that was very much inspired so there are some resident evil influences sprinkled throughout the series and uh his name is definitely one of them um and i believe it or not i named her after my dog at the time so my dog <laughs> was a part pekingese part chihuahua named samantha and she was hideously ugly but she was so ugly she was adorable like everybody would see her going oh she's so ugly she's so cute you know it's like one of those types of things <laughs> oh um, so ugly oh yeah, because she was so ugly. But uh, so Samantha was named. So Officer Samantha is named after my dog. And then growing up, my childhood dog, Coco, was a chihuahua that lived to be like 19 and was one of the meanest dogs ever. And so Erica's dog, Coco, is named after her. So always a love that, for chihuahuas. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Pulling on my heartstrings there, naming it after the real dog. <laughs> real pets. So, so I, yeah. I think you... I think you kind of answered one of my questions. So, is this set? Uh, is this uh, series a set run? You said five issues. Is that the plan run for this one? Yeah. So the story is going to resolve itself in five issues. There are other stories planned. So it's not going to be uh, the end. You know, that's not going to be the end of the Chihuahua Mayhem. Um, of course, we have to escalate it and get a little bit crazier with the second series, which is going to be subtitled Chihuahuas from Hell. And we have plans for more but unfortunately i've been doing this long enough to know that you know don't get too invested in those later seasons and don't you know you you can't tease your you can't count on a payoff later because a lot of times these projects unfortunately for whatever for one reason or another you may not reach there so i'm trying to tell as much cool fun story as i can in these first five uh which we know will happen and then hopefully we set the base and you know create a big enough audience that uh, they want that next series, and then you know we just keep building from there. So, are we building a Chihuahua universe? 
there is an extended universe that does involve there are nefarious forces at play that are uh behind you know the chihuahuas obviously got the way that they were for a reason there are many forces at play behind that and we get to go deeper into what those forces are and their ultimate plans and why they chose chihuahuas and stuff <laughs> the ceu i'm excited can't wait yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you guys saw the there's one artist um jt on our instagram page and i was i asked him to draw a mutant chihuahua and he started drawing x-men chihuahua oh, <laughs> it was like a chihuahua cyclops <laughs> chihuahua colossus that was my yeah. favorite and uh and and wolverine <laughs> and i heard he's gonna do another one but and yeah. and they, they need to be the uh uh, versions of like the uh, the '90s comics ones where they were fun and they hung out on the beach and played volleyball and stuff. Not the not the movie X Men where they're like, hey, oh, dour. yeah, dour and serious. And yeah. yeah, no way. Give me the blue and gold uh, jumpsuits any day. Yes, please, please, God. Is it, is it one of these? Oh, yeah. There's. <laughs> yeah, and oh, that's so great. That is awesome. He's uh, the next one is going to be Storm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please, tell please tell me she's going <laughs> to. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I know they did such a good job. Fantastic. So, Adam, you got anything else? Uh... No, just a big fan over here. I'm just fanboying out on everything. Uh, I mean, one of the things that made me laugh real hard is she pepper sprayed. I'm looking at it right now. Pepper sprays him while he's driving here, uh, telling him to pull <laughs> over the car. And uh, I mean, it's just it's just like such a serious situation. Yet there's so much levity to it, and and he, he can't help but laugh. And then he goes, he's driving even further. He's like, "Oh, I've taken worse in the face than that before." Wait a minute, that's not what I meant. You know, I've walked myself into stupid sayings like that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> he's know. He has many more of those moments, I promise you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it kind of modeled him after Ash in uh, Evil Dead as far as, like, the, his man. Like, he's a very, you know, like, Bruce Campbell is such, like, a good-looking, like, tough guy. But then Ash is such a bumbling, especially around the ladies and stuff. And so that was kind of some of that I tried to put in there. <laughs> Give me that some sugar, like, baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> you did a good job with that one, I'll tell you. Well, thank you. Yeah, so what um so what is I know there was a little bit of uh time in between issues one and two. What's the time frame for uh the production for you guys? When do you expect to have the uh obviously uh one issue you know, issue three, but approximately how, how big of uh you know what's the production date looking like for you guys to get this uh you plan on getting it wrapped up within the year or a few months or that is a great question <laughs> <laughs> so we know that issue number three as, will be as done. soon as, as soon as possible <laughs> issue number three will be done by the end of before the end memorial day weekend uh okay. issue number three will be printed ready to go uh beyond that I mean, we're hoping, you know, it's <laughs> sure. So issue three comes before Memorial Day weekend. That's yep. It. So that's, keep, that's keep your plan. eyes peeled. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. So within six wait. weeks and then hopefully uh, from then we can keep, keep building on that momentum. Um, 
you know, obviously Albert Morales, our artist, it's going to rely a lot on him and I don't want to make promises for him, but uh, mm. if we can get it done by the end of the summer, that'd be amazing. Um, the realities are just going to be kind of like we're dealing with, there's a lot of moving parts that we're dealing with that, uh, you know, if it was as easy as just saying, yes, it's going to be done then. I wish, I wish we could offer that answer. And Albert's working on a couple of projects and um, yeah, I, I think our goal, you know, in reality by fall um, and, you know, there, that's one of the things that the struggles that we find is, you know, Albert's got a family, he's got a full-time job, you know, he's, he's one man, um, you know, he's very talented and like, like David said, we can't promise for him, uh, but we're, we're just doing our best working to make it happen. And, um, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix fan fusion, um, Albert, if it's not done, David and I are coming to your house and, and um, <laughs> I don't want to make any threats because he might come to my house. But <laughs> um, they all know where everybody lives. So yeah, we, oh, we, just, we just want to get it done. So oh, I'm not threatening him. I'm just saying I'm going to pump him full of this beautiful white powder that will magically make him crank out these pages. That's all. <laughs> it just happens to be from Colombia, so whatever. Just, you know? yeah. My buddy Pablo hooked me up. So that's all. <laughs> oh man! Oh, man. All right, uh, nerd, nerdy question. Are you guys, uh, is there any plans for possibly like a action figure line or a, a like reaching out in different mediums, anything like that? Yep. Yes. We do have, we do have some plans. Um, what, keep your eyes out for that Kickstarter. Cause I think we're going to have some, uh, goodies offered as bonuses for, you know, depending on how much money you're willing to throw at our project. Sure. And, and then afterwards. Are... Some yeah, of the so, things that that have come up that I didn't really think about. Um, talked to someone uh, at Microsoft recently, uh, Xbox specifically, that said that um, our product would be great for a game because it's it's kind of silly and popular right now. Um, NFTs, I'm still learning about. Um, Same. Someone saw the cover, uh, the Fifi cover that you guys have, and um, we're going to try to get that online. But there's um, the the creature. Uh, what did, what did you say? Action figures. Um, yeah, it, it it would be awesome. I uh, I think one thing we're challenged with finding is a 3D modeler. So, um, but there's there's a lot of avenues that are opening up that I didn't even think about. So, and I mean, obviously, if somebody says movie or Netflix or whatever, then that would be cool too. Yeah, as soon as you said Microsoft, I was like, that would, nice of you would be the perfect mobile game. Really <laughs> it would be that would be a fantastic. So, um, oh, for I sure. wish I could hook you guys up with that, but I, it, I'm just an idea man. I don't really do much. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know a guy. <laughs> hey, you know what guess what neither do i so <laughs> maybe yeah, uh, maybe but... Dan, maybe danny that's watching works for uh microsoft and that's why hey, he's watching danny. yeah i say danny danny knows people so uh if, if if anybody can get you a guy it might be danny so <laughs> it might not there be totally go, legal fingers. but he might find you a guy <laughs> fingers crossed right 
So, uh, so what's uh for the future for you guys? I know we talked, you know, kind of broadly. So, uh, we have uh, work on issue three. Hopefully, that's coming out uh by Memorial Day. Uh, you, you guys have any other projects that you guys are working on, or is this mainly uh, I'd say Chihuahua is the main project. Uh, so I've got my fingers in a couple of other projects going on right now. Um, the uh, plotting out a comic book for a friend of mine who's got a card game out called Powerline Ultra that's going to be uh, coming out in August. And we're trying to get something put together for him because he created a really cool world and story. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And then a movie that I wrote that's in post-production right now called Big Buck Massacre that we shot it in Wisconsin. And it's all about this like, a uh, sales team on a corporate retreat who runs afoul of a zombie deer. So it is another <laughs> another creature feature horror comedy. And uh... <laughs> I'm in. I love that idea. That's my jam, right? Have you ever seen that video by Queens of the Stone Age? That's that's what just popped in my head right now with the where the deer the deer fight back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a little that, bit of an there. That'll play great in the Midwest because you know we're all hunting. I'm not a hunter, but everybody else is a hunter up here. So yeah. uh, that yeah. that that'll definitely definitely play well up here. <laughs> David. Yeah, it's like the office meets it's like the office meets that Queen is of the Stone Age music video where like this, you know, sales team that all hate each other and they hate their manager and then they're getting picked off one by one by a deer that's afflicted with a crazy disease. So nice. David right, has Adam. A David has a never-ending slew of awesome ideas. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gathering that. Yeah, I've got this going on. I got this going on. Oh, just, just the movie, just the you know some other stuff going on. No big <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully that'll be out. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it's in post production. So uh, hopefully it'll be uh, coming out here sometime this summer. So we'll keep keep your eye, keep your eyes peeled because I'll try to uh, see if we can cross promote that with Night of the Chihuahuas. <laughs> Is that a movie that would go to like uh, smaller film festivals, or how is the movie? I assume it's a smaller uh, indie pr indie production. So, uh, yeah. where where would someone be able to kind of check that out? Or it's kind of so. I'm just the screenwriter, so I don't have any control over exhibitions of it. But uh, I know that there were a few horror festivals that we wanted to. Uh, kind of run it out through before going to distribution. But, um, you know, the distribution game right now with streaming and video on demand is pretty big for uh, independent films. And so, uh, yeah. you know, kind of like exactly what we were talking about. There are more avenues for you to be on, and it's harder for you to find an audience still. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll be uh, contending with that. And then hopefully we can just, you know, hopefully it's uh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the cut yet. So hopefully it is a good movie. And uh, at the very least, hopefully people want to see a zombie deer. So we'll see. Well, well, that reminds me of like, because one of my favorite things on Amazon Prime is Shudder. And yep. there, and it's one of those things where like, would that be, I, I would say, you know what it takes to even get a movie? Yeah, so yeah. Shudder, the way that they acquire the films is uh, definitely through, you know, it's almost impossible to just, you know, email them and say like, hey, I've made a film. Can you right. uh, take a look at that? Hi, so you it, don't know me, but. <laughs> yeah yeah so but if you can build up enough rep or you know either through the festival circuit or uh through your online presence or anything like that and so trying to get their attention is something that's definitely on our uh, uh list of things we're going to try to do as well okay. yeah cool. like yeah when it comes to like you said you mentioned the streaming game i was like that's another just like gigantic world that 
man, how do you even navigate that world? It's yeah. so big. So, yeah, it sucks too because like I've talked to producers who are like, you know, can you name your script? Can you, we change the title to something with a number because then you're listed at the start of the streaming queue, like when you open up your category right. on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. And I was just like, it's you know, the fact that we're making creative decisions based on things like that is a little bit disheartening. But you know, it, it you got to do what you got to do. I say, but but that's how you get it in front of eyeballs. You got to think of stuff like that. So yep. yeah, like, like, like that didn't even occur to me to be like, yeah, if it is a number, then it would be at the beginning of yeah, like whatever the alphabetical numeric thing. So it's just like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, we do. Uh, David and I will. I produced, David wrote, and did you direct Promise? I did. Well, I've, you know, we, I hit we, I hit record on the camera and said action, but yes. We we uh, we have a movie that's on streaming that was the project that we did together, and um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's funny because that's, you know, the, the world of low-budget filmmaking is so shady. It's like that distributor has stopped returning our calls like years ago, and it's like, but movie's still out there, so I'm sure that they're still, they've changed their, th- yep, that's us. And, and it's on IMDb, so it's on every platform right there for me. Yeah, it's on like every platform now, and it's like, what what would happen? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So it's also, I mean, that one. I if you're if you saw the IMDb, you saw the IMDb score. Take that in it. Take that into account if you're thinking about watching it. It's definitely <laughs> a, you know super. It was, honestly, um, that's the movie that made me switch gears and say you know what i can't keep hitting my head against the wall making trying to make a story that i can't tell because i'm trying to tell a bigger story than what we can afford or what we have access to and it was like you know let's figure out a way to and then you know once again it was like reading comic books and i was like oh my god this is so amazing why don't why why am i not trying to tell these stories why am i chasing you know uh, why am i trying to insist on making it work on video instead of just capturing the scope of it via a comic book and you know making something that i love Absolutely. And and the best part about comic books is comic books can and always has been able to go places that uh, film and television can't. More so today they can. Like you think about um, the Avengers movies and, and all the space movies, you know, that are out there. You know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have an Avengers movie like in space or anything yeah. like that. Or 30 years ago, it just wouldn't have been done. It, it, it wouldn't. It, and if they did do it, it would come out looking like something made for TV with David Hasselhoff called Shield. You know what I mean? But, oh, man, I remember that. Yep. How dare yeah. you? But, but in comic Corman's books... Fantastic Four. <laughs> right? But in comic books, you can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can tell the story you want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think... Uh, is there any, uh, anything else you guys want to... Uh, promote while we're on here so i just want to say no, that, I just, thanks yeah. to our, thanks to our team everybody that's mark leona uh albert chris pence rob uh my wife my kids and david <laughs> <laughs> i'm always I'm, I'm i'm like his work husband so yeah so thank you nate uh and uh you know i'll send a shout out to my wife jessica and my daughter charlotte son elias who are very supportive and allow me to pursue this because you know god knows i've only got so much time in the day and i try to give them uh everything that i can and you know do this when i can but you know they allow me to do it 
more often than not. So I really appreciative of that. And, you know, Adam, Nick, I really wanted to thank you guys for having us on. Uh, this has been a great time, great conversation. Pleasure, and, you know, always, always, always fun to meet fellow geeks. And, you know, hey, like I said, I'm not I'm not just saying that I love Detroit. I really do love Detroit. And uh, I'd make it back out there and hopefully we can uh, get together and uh, go tour some comic shops or see what's going on. Sounds That'd like be fantastic. Plan, oh. Yeah. So, I'm but in. if uh, someone wants their comic, where do they go, guys? Out of the chihuahuas.com. Uh, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, uh, you can follow us. It's this uh, Night of the Chihuahuas, one word. And uh, the link to Night of the Chihuahuas.com is in there. Uh, chihuahuas is a, is a hard word, so pay attention when you're typing it in. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've wah, learned not to spell wah. Chihuahuas. Now. Yes. A lot, yes. Of, a lot of typos. <laughs> even for me and I know how to spell it. So um, yeah, thank you everyone. And if you guys are in uh, the Arizona area, what comic shops can they go find your book at? If you want to tell. We're in Dreadnought, um, Dreadnought Comics, Samurai Comics. Atomic Comics, if you're in the East Valley. Atomic Comics, think Gary's Comics. And in San Francisco Bay Area, we're in Crush Comics. Uh, Cape and Cal in Oakland, uh, Sour Cherry in San Francisco in the Mission District, Mission Comics also in the Mission District, and uh, King Kong Comics out in Pleasanton. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'm, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I think we're going to be talking right around Memorial Day again <laughs> uh, to you guys. I hope so. And, yes, and, please. And, uh, yeah, anytime you guys want to hop on, anytime you guys just want to hop on, talk about comics, guys, shoot us a message, man. Uh, you guys are, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And thanks so much uh, to you guys for reaching out. I'm so happy we can make this happen. Uh, it's yeah, been a lot of you. fun. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you very much. On. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can go check us out at The Escape on uh, Facebook and on YouTube. And we are at the underscore escape underscore podcast on Instagram. So uh, thanks so much, guys, and we'll be seeing you. All right. Cool. See you guys. Take care, everybody. All right. Take care. Good night.